Jordan and Gretzky, Serena and Ruth Remembering great ones is easy to do But what about the no names who spent their whole lives Long stepping footballs and catching sack flies They're guys, remember that guy some guys now james catches it puts up the three won't go rebound bosh back out to allen his three-pointer bang tie game with remember that guy the show where we mine our memories for nuggets of nostalgia about peripheral players past and present hey there folks it's me one of your hosts james and uh as i get this board let's go ahead and see who's open for a corner three right now wide open in the corner and i'm saying thanks to our special guest today because when you have one of the greatest offenders of all time, one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Of course, you decide to take this person out. Perhaps the only mistake he ever made in his career. Well, the second one is coming on our podcast, folks. But <laughs> special guest, please introduce yourself. I hated that game like too much. We, we should have won that game. Don't even want to think about it. I'm surprised James even brought it up. I cannot stress to you how much nothing. It's it's like the way the Lee Evans catch and the Billy Cundiff kick mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing to us. They're just part of an extended two-season-long championship chase. That's everything that 2013 is. It's just a build-up to the 2014 title. So, like, the Ray Allen three, I will admit, when I saw it, it because that, that's the first finals I watched the Spurs, where, like, I liked the Spurs. Uh, devastating. And much like the Bill Buckner ball, you're like, not only is there overtime left, there's a whole other game left. Didn't matter. Series was over at that point. 2013 was just character development. 2014 was plot resolution. Exactly. It worked out great. And Diaz, I, I have a, a resolution. I need to hear about more things that are making memories for you right now. Well, it's only happy memories right now uh, over here in Diazville, where it is the intersection of Newcastle and Philadelphia, where we're going transatlantic and... What a joy it's been, starting with the Phillies' improbable run. I will now see my second and third championship matches involving my teams. Newcastle, for the first time, as long as I've been watching them, and the first time this millennium, they have advanced to a cup final. They're going to have a chance to compete for silverware. Tell me, ma, me, ma, I won't be home for tea. I'm going to Wembley. That's, that's meant to be Sun 2K Sarah Sarah. I'm definitely not hitting any of those notes. So all you're getting is just me dictating those lyrics. But definitely won't be home for tea. We're going to Wembley. Shout out Sean Longstaff. Two goals for the hometown lad to see us through. When in the past month, he should have had probably 10 goals and has zero. Is that him underperforming or is that just bad bounces? Well, it's like great team play leads to I'm pretty confident I could have put this on net and like just skies it over the bar, or like hits it right okay. at the goalie. Like Poor execution. Been Listen, he's he's been in the right spots and but he's finally gotten the results. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see the lads in about two weeks time from when this episode comes out. Uh, February twenty sixth, they'll be at Wembley against Man U. But the main headline, obviously. Philadelphia Eagles going to the Super Bowl. And I just want to take this time to apologize to Nick Sirianni. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you recall 
around the time of Halloween last year, I dressed up as Nick Sirianni for Halloween. This was not because I was a fan of Nick Sirianni. This was because I wanted to mock Nick Sirianni uh, because quite simply thought he didn't have the juice. Well, I thought he had some juice. I thought it was dumbass juice. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but also, dude, out, we're talking real long-time listeners because this is going back to Halloween 2021. Yes, Halloween 21. We're going back to season one of our Like episode days. six or something. Very early on. I think the week before I was ranting about <laughs> Simmons still being on the Sixers. So really just a <laughs> capsule of time right now. But I feel like sports fans, we love to proclaim when we were right. And certainly I love talking about when I'm right. But must also acknowledge when we are wrong, especially when we are so wrong that in just one year's time, I've gone from wanting Nick Sirianni fired. I wanted to dig up his garden. I didn't want to see any of his flowers. Didn't want to give them any chances to bloom. But right now, what a beautiful garden it's been. What a beautiful harvest it's been. I, I don't see any reason why we're not just going to go in there and just beat the shit out of the Chiefs. Our pass rush, Pat Mahomes, unable to move. Best offensive line in football. Uninspiring Chiefs defense. Birds are going to win by two scores. And like I'm just saying that very confidently. So I'm making predictions. But more importantly, I'm relishing the memories that are being made along the way to hopefully... Two more championships here in the month of February uh, in Diazville. Xavier, I am sorry that you have experienced this, but Diaz, you and I can both agree that I think the greatest time to ever be a fan of a football team is the first week after the conference championship games. Not the week leading up to the Super Bowl. The week leading up to the Pro Bowl, if your team is in the Super Bowl, is the greatest time to be a football fan ever. Xavier, I deeply hope that you get to experience this at some point. You know, it, you know it maybe may in 30 years. <laughs> No, you guys are going to trade for Lamar. We're going to bomb the podcast. No, we're going to end up with Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to have to hate the fact that he's a douchebag. And then after about seven games, his arm will fall off, and it'll be the Brett Favre trade all over again. We'll have traded a first and three seconds for it, and we'll be worse than we were last year. I wonder if that one's going to get the bell, if you, if you just nailed every single aspect. Of that. <laughs> You're going to have to get successive bells, James. Gonna have to I, know, back and, like, I, know, I know my team. I'm going well to have to like make my own foley of a bell breaking. You're just going straight up Hector Salamanca in his final moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the half-burnt face of Giancarlo Esposito, no, I've got nothing to segue for that. I just wanted to say half-burnt face of Giancarlo Esposito. No, speaking of the Pro Bowl, there's a couple All-Star games coming up that uh, I have on my mind right now. I'm thinking of the Pro Bowl because I am thinking of Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> like, not that the Pro Bowl matters in the slightest, but that will be a great one a decade from now to be like, oh yeah, remember when Tyler Huntley made more Pro Bowls than Joe Flacco? Though to be fair, Joe Flacco was invited in 2014 and he declined. So let's just get the record straight there, folks. I am also thinking about the NHL All-Star game uh, because the Vancouver Canucks are a just absolute dumpster fire of an organization in every capacity. And I, I deeply hate that I have become a fan of them in no small part because Tony Hawk underground had a level that took place in Vancouver. Currently I am mad with the Vancouver Canucks because they traded away their captain, longtime vet, Bo Horvat, impossible not to love. They traded him to the New York Islanders. Here's the thing. Bo Horvat was the lone all-star representative for the Vancouver Canucks in this upcoming all-star game for the Pacific Division. Okay, so, editor's note. While I remember that Elias Pettersson was participating in the hardest shot challenge at the upcoming 
all-star festivities at the time we were recording this, did forget that meant he was also an all-star. So there was someone wearing a Vancouver Canucks jersey during the all-star game. Still love him. Still very mad at the Canucks. All subsequent hatred you are about to hear, still very valid. Thanks. Bo Horvat is still going to be playing for the Pacific Division in the All-Star Game. He will be wearing an Islanders jersey. So there will be no one wearing a Vancouver Canucks jersey at the All-Star Game this week, which honestly is appropriate. To be fair, uh, that's better than uh, Jeff Samarja. Do you remember that when he, uh, the oh, one sure, he was an yes. All-Star? He got traded from the NL to the AL or the other way around, I can't remember. But because he was put in on one side, they didn't actually let him play for their team. He just got to, you know, take some pitches during like the bullpen session and enjoy the festivities, but wasn't actually allowed to play in the game. I've just remembered an incredibly stupid Pro Bowl fact that I need to share real quick. Jeff Saturday's final season when he was playing for the Green Bay Packers. I remember he was a center in the Pro Bowl. I believe I was watching this with you, Diaz, and we both commented on how fucking stupid it was when the starting center for the NFC asked if he could just get permission to walk over to the AFC side where Peyton Manning, his longtime quarterback in Indianapolis, was the AFC starting quarterback. So the two of them could just have one last snap together. Here's the thing. I've come around at the time. Yes, James, I agreed it was really stupid. But all-star games don't mean shit. Let's do sure. stupid fun things. I, I didn't realize that about Bo Horvat. I guess you should thank the Flyers because there is at least one organization that is a bigger dumpster fire. I don't could. know, man. We're not going to have Thatcher Demko much longer. But thank goodness we got Justin Diaz lookalike TJ Miller locked up for five years. Does your team employ any MAGA people? I, they're Canadian, so it's tough to tell. That's fair. They're a little more polite about it. MACA? Hey, James, do, do the Canucks have a TJ Miller and a JT Miller? Because that's... JT Miller, thank you very much. TJ Miller. No, it would have been cooler. Out. You should have you run with it. Xavier, I understand that your memories are anything but awful right now. I'm glad we got the Jets being terrible out of the way earlier because... This is all about the WNBA season. Liberty have just signed Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot after having previously traded for Jonquil Jones. And they still have Sabrina Ionescu and Benaja Laney and Han Shu. And all I want now is for Kathy Engelbert to cancel the WNBA season, have the other 10 teams play each other, but have the Aces and the Liberty just play a best of 40. We just get to watch two insane super teams go against each other because six of the 10 members of the two all WNBA teams from last year are now on two teams. Yeah. Remember when Candace Parker coming to the Aces was the biggest news of the week? Here's what I love. We're not even talking about the WNBA season. We are talking about WNBA hot stove season because it's easily the greatest one that's ever existed Candace Parker joining the reigning champions is old news. Aces in five. We'll see about that, but you know. Like, you, you don't want a best of 40 series. You want a best of five. You can maybe win a best of five series. You're not winning a best of 40 series because here's the thing. Best player in the league is still Asia Wilson, period. Brianna Stewart is number two. Fine. You can Brianna take Stewart is the best offensive player in the league. I still disagree with that. Asia Wilson is a better rebounder. So I will say oh, that's why. Yeah, rebounds have nothing to do with offense whatsoever. Number three, I understand if you think Jean Quel Jones is better than Candace Parker. I will hear that. I think that's a toss up between those two. 
At that point, I think you've got at least two more aces before you get to Ionescu. Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum both over Sabrina Ionescu. If I could bet right now on the New York Liberty to win the 2024 championship, I'll put money right there. Absolutely. We're just bringing in one former MVP to last year's title winning team, aces and five. And we're, all, we're bringing in two former MVPs. Sure. Plus, possibly the greatest passer in the past five to ten years of the WNBA. So now we have Ionescu and Vandersloot handling the ball and dishing it to Brianna Stewart, former MVP, John Quell Jones, former MVP, and all-star Benajelani, who is also fantastic and should not be overlooked. In, in this, when ESPN is tweeting their graphics of Big Three or whatever. Like, this starting five is absolutely stacked. And if this season does not end with the Aces versus the Liberty, it will be a failure. The fact that the sky have exploded uh, and no longer exist, and people are making jokes about the storm in the sky forming together to make their own team because they cannot individually field enough roster to play because all of their players have left... It really is nothing that should stop this from happening. Except maybe the ace is getting too excited about having one last year and still being hungover from doing so. They could sleepwalk through the regular season. That's fine. Alicia Clark is joining the aces. That's like a blip in all this. Alicia Clark's going to come off the bench for them. We have four first round picks in our lineup right now. Sorry. Philly still does not have a WNBA team. Well, with that, I mean, Diaz... How are you feeling about the, the tectonic shifting of the league? Because clearly there is a divide forming. And as we look towards October, when this is going to be happening, we now have a second thing in addition to a Lamar Jackson trade that might destroy this forever. Well, look, I, I haven't made any secrets about it in our chat. I'm full on East Coast bias. I've always loved Sabrina Unescu going back to the Oregon days. Until Kathy Engelbert is held accountable for her crimes of depriving the city of Philadelphia of a WNBA team. I have no choice but to hop up I-95, cross the GW Bridge, and become a Liberty fan in the meantime. It's the only option available to me. I'm sorry that it comes at your expense, James. It's uh, fine. I just want Xavier to hear all of this as he's getting this new fan. It's all right. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I did want to say one thing while we're talking about Philly deserves a WNBA team. The NWSL is expanding to three cities, and none of them are Philly after they just had their draft in Philly. What the fuck? Give Philly professional women's sports. But that, uh, that's a side note. I'm excited for the WNBA season. I cannot wait. It's going to be so fun. James, um, if it makes you feel better, there will be no team I will hate more than the Liberty once Philadelphia gets their team. <laughs> I am so exactly, to- Xavier. This is the snake that you're bringing into your home. I love you, Diaz. <laughs> I will go a complete 180 with no shame. <laughs> Are we going to the August 6th, the August 29th game at Barclays Center? Ooh. Which, which one is the RTG show broadcasting live from? I would say early contender would be the 6th. But okay. we, certainly, we will certainly convene for one of those. Book it, folks. And book that in the finals. All right. Tempers have flared, but we're going to cool down now with something that has never led to any debate whatsoever. And that's relitigation. And uh, Diaz, you'll be leading off this time if you just want to like run folks through your beautiful baby concept one more time. So the purpose of relitigation is essentially to say that on any given week, there may not be only one guy who's worthy. There may be multiple guys. So at the end of each season, we hold this relitigation so that we may 
give reverence to guys nominated by our co-hosts and so that we can get some more worthy nominees into the hall. We are we are not a small hall coalition. Uh, we believe in recognizing greatness and especially guyness. Uh, and that's really the purpose of relitigation. Chicks dig the long hauls and we're going to make our haul just a little bit longer. I mean, yeah, Diaz, as, as the winner of, of last week's episode, I do think it's yours first to, uh, to select from the pool. Right. And I mean, and with the, the whole breadth of both of your seasons available, and this was a great season, you know, there's a lot of different ways I can go. I think the way that I need to go first is I'm going to go with Xavier and I'm going to go with Joel Zamaya. Yeah. This is heartbreaking. It's our this hero. Is, this is, I'm going to have to completely pivot now. I completely understand. I love Joel Zamaya. This is an excellent choice. Well, I just love the, the, the blip on the radar. The fact that he was one of a group of 100 mile an hour flamethrowers who is the, the one that you forget about, right? He, he, he burned the brightest and he burned the shortest uh, because... I love that if Activision didn't decide to make a rhythm-based video game with a guitar apparatus, <laughs> you also might have been, been one of the greatest pitchers. He could have been one of the greatest of all time, but unfortunately for Joel, Guitar Hero existed. He was quite good at it, uh, but he could have concentrated that all of that greatness into just baseball. I think it's a great what if, and I, that, that's especially something I love in a guy. Same note with the with the injury. I really appreciated knowing. Look, not to toot my own horn, not to say that I was good at it, but there's no way Joel Zemaya played more Guitar Hero than I did during that time, and I didn't get any injury. So it is nice to know that there's a world in which I have something over a professional athlete in terms of physical capability that we are inducting. All about that dexterity, baby. (laughs) You might be able to throw 100 miles per hour, but I never injured myself playing too much Guitar Hero. (laughs) I just successfully played too much Guitar Hero. Bring back Guitar Hero. I would play it right now. I think also he uh, he offers a nice narrative. It, you guys know the image of like the plane with the bullet holes, and that image was used when people were like checking to see, okay, what are the parts of these aircraft are getting shot when they come back to us that we then reinforce, knowing that it might take damage. When it's not that those are what take damage, it's that everything that took damage elsewhere just died. It's it's a way to illustrate confirmation bias. Tommy John has become so constant in baseball. It's what I think like a third of pitchers this year that pitched in the major leagues at some point have had Tommy John surgery. And we're like, oh, Tommy John's no big deal. Like, look at all the guys that have bounced back from that. Because, yeah, those are the guys we remember. And now we're making a point to remember Joel Zumaya. I think it's great. I assume you approve, Xavier. Yes, I, I approve of this. Well, Xavier, since we've taking a guy out of your stable, why don't we have you pick another one to bring into our big, beautiful hall? Who is someone that you think needs to get considered? Okay, well, there is only one guy on here who I chose an entire topic about to get James to talk about them, even though I knew all of this information previously. So because I purposely picked a topic for this person, I have to bring Kurt Flood in. I appreciate it. I appreciate that we got to learn about two of the greatest Oakland high school athletic factories of all time. It's still ridiculous. Dude, like, imagine telling one of those high schoolers that 
oh yeah, these two guys on the basketball team, Bill Russell and Frank Robinson, they're both going to be professional athletes. They're like, oh, they're both going to make the NBA? No, one of them is going to be an outfielder that goes into the Hall of Fame. Enjoy your basketball game. Absolutely insane. I also, there was a lot of pandering this season. We've all done it. I'm not going to pretend like I, I have clean hands here or anything. We've all gone down that route. And there's something about Kurt Flood who, that invoked a primal response in Diaz due to, all of his labor activism, basically, again, coming from the fact that he just truly did not want to play in the city of Philadelphia. It, you know, a little bit of balancing to some of the Andrea Riseborough Oscars elbow rubbing and campaigning that's been going on with guys this season. And I can't believe I don't want to think about Andrea Riseborough right now. That's still oh. so fucking ridiculous. Well, don't worry. As soon as we're done saying the name, no one else is going to continue to think about Andrea Riseborough. No disrespect <laughs> well, to her. Birdman's great. I'll say the same thing I said when we recorded the episode. I knew Kurt was going to get in, but my inner Philadelphian would not allow him to get in on the first ballot. But no, I mean, otherwise, you know, I can't have any objections here. I mean, free agency doesn't exist as we know. Maybe not even just in baseball, but like potentially all North American sports. If it's not for Kurt Flood. So you don't have Bryce Harper on the Phillies if not for Kurt Flood. Certainly. So if we take a long view with this long haul, you know, I can get on board with Kurt. Plus, I do like the idea that he became an oil painter and painted Joe DiMaggio. Never, never stopped painting. Did that in high school? I don't know how much he so, how many he sold though for for big money until after he retired true, or true, was true. forced out. Now, it's not a retirement. I shouldn't say retirement. He, things were not great after the reserve clause lawsuit. That's part of the wild thing with his relationship with St. Louis. Like at one point, he's so beloved with those owners that they commission him to make official portraits of the Anheuser-Busch family. Then, uh, you know, the falling out that we all know about occurs. And it's, it's wild to think about how just like a lot of very petty bullshit led to millions of dollars that players do rightfully deserve. There's a bigger point there on systemic racism and how they like you until you step out of line type thing. So fuck systemic racism, fuck the St. Louis Cardinals, except for Albert Pujols. Yay, Kurt Flood. Yay, Kurt Flood. Some, some broad hatred there, but in the end, bring it back to appreciation for Kurt Flood. And I so appreciate you selecting Kurt Flood from my roster that I will go ahead and go next. I think I'm going to go through Xavier's because I'm hoping, Xavier, you will still help me eliminate some options with Diaz. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I am going to have to kind of do this on the fly because I was very locked into Joel Sumaya. Again, thrilled that he's in. But I got to kind of think this through now. Jean-Marc Bosman... Anytime that your name has become like a one-word phrase, I think that's absolutely phenomenal. Anytime that I can talk about having an art history degree where I had to learn about hyperrealism and the icon becoming removed from the meaning of the real thing and think about it in terms of legal contract statuses and sports, it's, it's a great day. That's a win for me. So that's good. Did find, as I did some further research into Bosman ahead of this, we do have some issues of him beating the shit out of his girlfriend and her daughter at one point. Yeah, there, there, there were, there were, yeah. um, some, got there were bad times. You know, that's why he, you know, he was living on subsidies from Thief Pro and handouts. And yeah, seems like he's, you know, overcome them, at least from what we know publicly. But yes, there, there were some bad times in there. And we do not want to minimize that. No, and it's not even necessarily disqualifying, but I think there are more deserving people still on your list. Like maybe Tom Christensen. I'm never a huge auto sports guy, but
but six consecutive wins with four different teams during that period is is nothing to sniff at. Also, he's got a I great trophy look, room. He's got a great trophy room. And among that, his order of the Dannenbrock, I looked this up, Xavier, it does make him a knight. He is and a knight? also, okay. specifically, order of the white knight. Because there's two different orders of knights. The order of Dannenbrock, which are the white knights. And then the blue knights are the order of the elephant. Ah, oh, wait, that one's so much cooler. It's, that one's not like, I think, for civilians and, uh. you know, contributors to the arts and whatnot. That's actual like, oh, you did something to earn this versus you are a cultural icon and we want to do this to honor you. But he is a knight. Still, though, I think it, not, not quite enough. Casey Frank, there's one specific thing that uh, I came back to thinking about Casey Frank, which was like some of his honors. Because when you go to his Wikipedia page, like the list of honors are pretty small. It is his all-conference Big Sky first team appearance twice. Yeah. And then it's a couple of things that he did in the New Zealand NBL as like the All-Star 5. And thinking about his career in the NBL, I went to just look at, hey, is there anyone that's been like a productive NBA player in any of these leagues? And no, it's it, no. no one on no. those starting fives. No. Like, no. Years, there's no one. <laughs> I was like, okay, so the Big Sky is not that big, though, either. So how do I judge the two? Like, Big Sky is not a big thing. But you know what? Big Sky has produced at least one incandescent star, which is Damian Lillard. So I would say at this point, like, your first team Big Sky honor that you got in college is the highest moment that you ever <laughs> said at any point in the, in the career. As I've been talking about this, though, I have become more and more certain about where I'm going to land. And I do think that that is Johan Capdevila. I, I love that he is one of the best at a less glamorous position. Anytime we talk about that, you know, I, I feel bad that we never even bring in Patrick Manley for that. I was very attracted to the idea of like, this guy is just the best long snapper. Well, this guy's like just one of the best middle defensive backs and just a, a not particularly glamorous spot. You know, I have a, an attachment to seeing like kids get the joy of watching that Spanish team win the World Cup. That was a, a lot of fun for me. And also, uh, in addition to Patrick Manley, the other guy that this makes up for that I wanted to include but just simply couldn't because of the team, Scott Brogius. Scott Brogius <laughs> was such a good guy. This is incredibly early on. We are talking, yes, yes, like, again, maybe the one where Nick Sirianni was drinking dumbass juice. Like, we're going way back. But there was no way I was going to make a Yankees World Series MVP a guy with one of my precious few votes. However... I can honor the spirit of Scott Brocious, the spirit of Patrick Manley. I officially submit for reconsideration, Yuan Captavila. You know, I support that because if you can somehow find a way to be overlooked on the first World Cup winning squad in your nation's history, it's him, which is still insane. But that's what happens when your entire country supports Real Madrid or Barcelona. And it's so tribal that they hate each other if you support the other one. And he's the only guy on the field who's not one of those two. Oh, he's just hey. kind of in the background. It's me, John. <laughs> and he's the unsung hero of one of the greatest teams in the history of Europe. He made the runs forward when he had to. And I'm all for him making this run forward into the hall. I, I, don't, I don't see any obstacle to Johan Captavilla. Well, with no further obstacles in front of him, that means there are no further obstacles in front of your next pick for relitigation, Diaz. Because I'm realizing that my point will not show up in audio. 
Well, it brings me back over to the James side. And I had a couple angles that I was considering with this. Love me some Triple G, Greg. I think that's one of the most important stories of the 21st century in the NFL. Um, He's obviously a key figure in it. But probably for bad reasons, right? Largely, I mean, he was paying people to harm others. (laughs) When we take a top-down view, not great. So I, you know, I think that kind of rules him out. Um, I was debating John Urschel for a little bit, a little sophistication. And again, I did love the few words of the presentation that I understood. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, your aversion to numbers. I think you said integer at one point, And I was like, I know that one. <laughs> but yes, my inferiority complex will not allow me to put in somebody so clearly much more intelligent than I am into our hall. But I will allow somebody in who's more petty than I am. And to me, that's Marlene Adi. A shocker with the Queen of Bronze. Okay, Marlene Adi. Well, I just, when I, when I look at Marlene Adi, the thing that really speaks to me is so many people would be thrilled to have a 24-year career representing their native country. And Marlene Adi felt so disrespected when she was no longer allowed on that team that she instead got a second citizenship and competed for another decade on the international stage. I love that shit. I absolutely love that shit. If if Dara Torres hadn't had the national infrastructure that she had, this is the life she could have lived. Exactly, I mean, exactly. If Dara Torres had been scorned, she could have turned into a Merlinati. But yeah, I just, I it, it's a level of petty I, I, that we really haven't ever seen before. And it's one that I think we need to celebrate uh, by inducting into our hall. I do appreciate the pettiness. I, I, I was thrown for a loop because when you first said that, I was so certain you were going to say Shirley Babishoff because of Surly Shirley and all the shit she gave the Germans only to then be proven right years later. Is it petty if you're right? Cause it was petty at the you. time. It was petty at the time. Or at least that's how it seemed to be to others. I, I think Diaz is honestly like switching your nationality because you got pissed off at your own country their supposed treatment of you after decades that is nba level petty and i love that well i will say i am disappointed for shirley and randy bass but i i do understand it i mean she was not someone i was familiar with before it but that was i thought a really good category from you diaz i enjoyed putting that one together and on our little spreadsheet that we used to track all this it's yellow if you make it in. So Merlin Adi, consider that your Olympic gold. I know that you won <laughs> several world championships and that you did receive some gold medals in your lifetime, but I'm sure that this is now finally giving you the sense of satisfaction you've so long desired. Well, it's an incredible honorific. And I think now the bell tolls for Xavier. So, you know, that I was looking through the people that Diaz has brought this season. And there were a couple names that stood out to me. Bison Dele, the reason I, I was hesitant to vote for him when he first came up was because I thought it didn't fit the uh, category the best as, as much as I did enjoy his story, except for, you know, the dying part and the sketchy brother who probably did it, but and is also dead. But I think I have to go with John Runyon. And John Runyon... Like, as a way to kind of offset the Kurt Flood hatred of Philadelphia, 
John Runyon feels like the most Philadelphian candidate left on this list to the point where the guy literally signs with the Chargers and then the next day is like, actually, I'm going to run for Congress in the suburbs of Philly, but over on the New Jersey side because I'm a wealthy guy, so I'm going to do that instead. It's like, all right, I'm going to finish out this season playing for this other team, but then go right back to where I was at and then go make some laws. And not only does he beat a guy, he then beats that guy's wife in the next one. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Xavier is in favor of beating both men and their wives. Equal opportunity beatings when it comes to political elections and not physical <laughs> altercations. I'm not glad. I'm not. I think I might have some issues with John Runyon. If we want, we can hold that off until we do like a final discussion of all of these. But uh... let me just say right now, we can get into it more later. I don't know if we have a number 69 in this hall yet. Look, the first bullet point that I have under his name is war number 69. Don't get me wrong, but I, I have some reserve. Yes, counting the, uh, the unaired pilot, what episode is this? And this is our 69th episode, by the way, James. This is true. This is true. It's, again, we can get into it now or we can, you know, get our, our sixth name out there and then see if we have to have some further discussion past that. But I have some qualms with old John Runyon there. Right, do you want to go first and then we can bring this back? Let's keep the listeners in suspense. Well, the problem is you haven't helped me eliminate anyone, Xavier, because that was like the bottom of my list with Mr. Runyon. But I'll, I'll talk through this, I think, and figure this out the same way as, as you did. And I think I'll start with the people that I cannot do. I don't think I can do Carlos Boozer. I don't think we can reward the Duke and Coach K favoritism that got him on that 2008 team and got him a gold medal. Carlos Boozer knows that's a dirty gold medal that he has. Me and Christian Leitner. <laughs> exactly. Neither of those Blue Devils can, I think. I'm surprised this is so difficult for you. I, th I had assumed that there was one name that you were going to pick, so I specifically did not mention that person. Well, let's go ahead and talk about Bruce Bowen for a moment, because again, I have some... I, it's not that I don't enjoy all of these guys, but I'm trying to select the one that I think belongs the most. And one thing on Bruce Bowen, there's been a lot of pandering. We've balanced that out a little bit with Kurt Flood, I, especially if we're going to bring John Runyon in to try and balance out Kurt <laughs> Flood. I can't then also throw Bruce Bowen on that side of the scale. Also, Bruce Bowen lost out a Defensive Player of the Year award to Marcus Camby, and... If we've banned someone because they took an award away from Marcus Camby, Memento Core, and now we're bringing in someone that Marcus Camby took a trophy away from, I'm just starting to get confused by the circular logic there. It's just rock, um, paper, scissors, that's all. <laughs> but both Marcus Camby and Bruce Bowen can beat Memento Core. It's rock, scissors, and a soggy piece of paper that cannot adequately cover a rock. You could make a clean sweep for injuries. Go with Napoleon McCollum. I do like Napoleon McCollum a lot. I love the bit that Norton, the linebacker who tackles him, has to stay on top of him during that entire thing. Like, I can just imagine the insanity of that scene inside Norton's head as he's just unable to move in any capacity unless he somewhat upset the person whose leg he just destroyed as if it were a car accident. But at the same time, that's then the angle that's appealing to me is something about Norton and not necessarily Napoleon himself, even if he was vital to the Las Vegas sports infrastructure today that will soon help prop up a, a two-time WNBA champion. I think in the end, there are two very appealing things to me about the guy that I'm, I'm going to land on. 
One, I love anyone that gets knocked down and then decides to keep fighting for another 20 years after that. Like losing your first match and then what is it, 29 straight for Juan Manuel Marquez Diaz? Yes, yeah. yeah, 29 and one. That is to me just a, such a good way to start that career off. And also, frankly, we hate Manny Pacquiao. Dave Bautista hates Manny Pacquiao. Presumably Juan Manuel Marquez also hates Manny Pacquiao. And I appreciate that he knocked him unconscious one time. That's great. It's the closest thing to justice that Manny Pacquiao is ever going to feel in his miserable life. And at the end of the day, I think I am going to try and reward the deliverer of that justice, Mr. Juan Manuel Marquez. Well, James, I do regret to inform you that Juan Manuel Marquez and Manny Pacquiao are still cool with each other. Okay, well, here we go. Now the decision <clears throat> continues. You know what? It's going to have to be Bison Dele just because he's the only one. But he scored cannot- the Maryland Terps. And look, I'm not saying that he deserved what happened to him, but maybe if he stays in Maryland, it doesn't happen. Butterfly effect. Uh, I don't remember what the state was. Yes, all of your guys pissed off James. I like all of them. All of them have like one knock against them. It makes it tough. I mean, to get further context. He's a small hall person. Well, so the Juan Manuel Marquez thing is that he was on Filipina television, and I think they were both singing Bohemian Rhapsody. I think that's the clip that I saw. It was like recently. By the way, both horrific singers. James. Oh, assuredly. Despite Manny Pacquiao's like massive recording deal that I know he had. <laughs> James, you, you you could throw a curveball. All of these rules are set by ourselves. You could no, bring back by the a Sam- contract that we signed that has committed us to this but, task but, forever. But would that ancient evil object to Sam Hinkie coming back? Xavier, I think in the end, what you've done is. You guided me to the decision I decided I wasn't going to make, which is Bruce Bowen. <laughs> Bruce I think Bowen, the all only the person I can't hate was basically like <laughs> knock out everyone else that I was considering over Bruce Bowen. It's it is between Bruce Bowen and Juan Manuel Marquez, and you know what? We did it last week. Let's go ahead and flip a coin. <laughs> wow. I like that. I have I have made this a thing that can happen. Diaz, you're going to call it in the air once again because these are your guys. Disclaimer to the viewer. I am using Google's coin flip functionality. I'm not as cool as what I did. Which is which? So are we going heads is Bow and tails is Marquez? Mm, good question. Uh, Bruce Bowen is incredibly bald. So yeah, Bruce Bowen is heads and by process of elimination, Juan Manuel Marquez is tails. Okay. Well, so now we just flip it. I don't know oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there we go. <laughs> the coin has come up. Heads. Bruce Bowen's vote. There we go. I mean, I was fine with Bruce Bowen from the start, and I assume Diaz is fine with Bruce Bowen, but that means that we still have one more thing that we have to determine. So, James, tell us why you're not a fan of the Funyun Runyon. We're calling him the Funyun Runyon? No, I just felt like doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm very hungry at this moment. I have not eaten yet. Here's the thing. He's done in the age that we live in a massive amount of environmental damage with his votes as member of Congress. He has a absolutely atrocious environmental voting record. I'm like, look, I am someone that tries to say it's not necessarily about individual choice. It's about trying to support things that will affect change on a greater level. Well, he got voted into Congress to do that. And then he did the wrong thing over and over and over and over again 
with approximately five dozen anti-environmental bills that he supported during his time as a Republican in Congress. Also, look, maybe this is just an East Coast bias on my part. I like NPR, and he voted a lot of times to defund NPR. John Runyon has made it a point to pick a bone with me. And if this is what it comes down to, I'm ready to pick a bone with John Runyon. The one thing that I will say to John Runyon's defense when it relates to his political career is he saw that the GOP was heading off the rails and he did abandon ship when they were doing the government shutdown stuff during the Obama administration. He did say that there was a line that was too grotesque for him to cross. Could, in theory, argue that, not to get like too into the last couple decades of political theory, but everything that Newt Gingrich did took place before this gentleman decided to get voted into Congress as a member of the GOP and make all of these votes. I don't think we've ever had a situation where we weren't all eventually in unanimous consent regarding relitigation. Is it a majority or does it have to be unanimous? Because I'm not here to necessarily talk you guys out of it if this does not matter to you. He is a guy that played in Philly and was mean and nasty and he wore the number 69. There are many pros in that column. I'm not here to deny that. That should, if anything, just illustrate how I feel about the items in the column. I can pander in a different way. If our, our blood contract can be broken... As far as I know, Sam Hinkie has not destroyed the environment. And Diaz loves Sam Hinkie, and Philadelphia loves Sam Hinkie. Listen, I mean, he is a little venture capitalisty, perhaps, for, for the leanings of this podcast. But <laughs> I do love Sam Hinkie. Once you work for the Sixers, a lot of that gets wiped away, as long as you do a good job. No, I should say that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to bring Runyon in, because James does... You know, have significant problems with him. So I, I do think it, probably should be, it should probably be unanimous for these types of, of votes. But I do not want there to be only one person from Diaz's side because that feels wrong for me. Sure. Is there anyone you want to throw a lifeline to from this season? Like, I, not to uh, belabor the morbidity of it, but do you want to try and throw a lifeline to Bison Dele, much like his it, brother oh did? Oh, God. Not? Oh, that's so fucked. <laughs> But yes, yes. You know what? I I like Bison Dele. I would have voted for Bison Dele if I thought it fit that topic better. But I did like the story a lot. Has only disappointed James because of college choice and not actually yeah, nothing terrible legal. things done. So I'll switch to Bison Dele. Just such a great name. It's such a good name. Both of his names. Good. Brian Williams. Solid name. Uh, but hey, Brian Williams listener. Maybe consider Bison Dele. Just a thought. Brian Williams listener should make their gamer tag on every single application, just Bison Dele. Bison Dele should have been the AIM username. If you start a company, it should be Bison Dele Incorporated. I will be monitoring for when his username changes in our fantasy basketball chat, listener Brian Williams. Again, directed straight to you. But speaking of things we need to get straight to, Diaz, I do believe now that we have a multitude of honors to hand out, including... One that is actually separate from the discussion that we've had prior to this? Yes. So we should get this out of the way before inducting these, these six relitigants. I think that's the way I would want to say that. But we, we've alluded to it on a previous episode, but we, we didn't really dive into it. This hall has decided that the first person to be elected in as Guy Emeritus, with no formal discussion or presentation, but 
just we all agree and we we certainly hope our listeners would agree that Mike Leach, may he rest in peace, does belong in this Hall of Guy. One of the great characters in the history of college football, one of the great offensive minds in the history of college football. It's it's a game that we love to watch every Saturday and it would be nowhere near as fun uh, without having had the influence of Mike Leach. So welcome into the Hall of Guy, Guy Emeritus, Mike Leach. So we've got one welcome, and uh, I believe it's another half dozen due now. Another half dozen coming in. Perhaps our most contentious relitigation yet. Uh, I believe the first time that someone was put forward for nomination and ultimately deemed not worthy. So that just shows you how much of an honor it is for the six who did make it through to make it into the hall on this election. So we would love to welcome Merlene Adi, Kurt Flood, Bruce Bowen, Bison Dele, Joan Captavila and Joel Zamaya into the Hall of Guy. Welcome, one and all. We're letting you out of the dungeon down there now. The rest of you, do you if we have been hiding people in the dungeon, like some of them are dead by now, right? We we've had people like Jason Lezak's been down there for a year and a half at this point. Well, no, because every, every week, you know, when we send two more people down there. We give them some food to share with everyone who's still down there. We are feeding them. Cool. Cool, cool, yes. cool, 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 I appreciate this update. It's like that Netflix movie, The Platform. Like, the people who bring it in get to decide how much they want to bring with them. So, you know, it's, it's a nice little social experiment here. Remember that guy. Honestly, incredibly good. Love the platform pull there, Diaz. And love getting to do this with you guys and, and having these periodic episodes to reflect on that for a moment. We have gone through another round of litigations and relitigations, and we've got some interstitial programming once again coming up for you folks. Next week, we've got some time-traveling shenanigans uh, with an old pre-recorded segment to allow for some vacation time, and then we've got some other things following shortly thereafter as we gear up for another season. But congratulations to our new entrance into the hall. I don't think I have anything more to add. Either of y'all got anything else for us? R.I.P. the Wooded Dong bot on Twitter. It's, oh, all bots are dying, man. There's not going to be anything good on that website I anymore. Know, but like, you can still follow so us good. there if you want, but goodness gracious me. Check out that uh, 24-7 Seinfeld thing. It's wonderfully dystopian. It's so terrifying. I hope there are children that are watching that that will have to unpack that years down the road from now. And I hope you all have enjoyed joining us once again. Thank you to you and to our musical director, Don Ham. I've been James. I've been the very special guest, Xavier. And I'm Diaz. And as Harvey Dent said in The Dark Knight, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the guy. Guy, 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 guy.